Welcome back, folks, to your Metals, Money, and Markets Weekly. This is Chris Temple of NationalInvestor.com. We're recording this on Friday, the 23rd of December. And rather than our letters having any particular market meaning this week, as you've seen, uh, N is for Navidad. We could also say for Nativity, for Noel, uh, whatever you like. We wish all of you, of course, a very blessed and Merry Christmas. Happy Boxing Day come Monday. Happy New Year upcoming, etc. Uh, I'm doing a solo act again today. Mickey, the mercenary geologist, is in transit doing the holiday planes, trains, and automobiles thing and hopefully having uh, at least decent luck uh, when there's been all kinds of weather-related snafus, of course, going on, as you well know. Uh, the big news of the week, which we're going to touch on a couple of times along the way, was uh, somewhat of a surprise from the Bank of Japan widening the band uh, it, within which they're going to allow long-term interest rates to fluctuate. Uh, the markets took it in a bullish sense, by and large. They should not have. We'll be talking about that, of course, in the weeks ahead. Uh, it caused a lot of volatility when it came to currencies uh, and whatnot this week, although we ended fairly flat. We'll get to that in a minute, but starting out as we always do with the precious metals. The gold price eked out a modest gain. We close at $1,798 an ounce U.S. for a four-tenths of a percent gain. Silver did a bit better, getting back up near its own recent highs where it's been outperforming gold a fair bit in the recent past. It closed at $2,373 for a two-and-a-half percent gain. Platinum gained 3.5% to 1,024 an ounce, and palladium got back some of that big drop from last week that we talked about. Uh, it closed at 1674 an ounce for a 2.2% gain. Uh, moving on, the copper price uh, gained a nickel for a 1.4% gain. It's at 381. Uh, refreshingly, as we've gone through all of these numbers, we're seeing a pattern that has tried to emerge in fits and starts, which I personally happen to think we're going to see in a much bigger way going into 2023, and that is where a lot of these hard assets, uh, real assets, commodities, etc., generally speaking, are going to more notably and more durably outperform financial assets uh, where I my view is that the stock market still is in some trouble we're probably in a process of resuming the bear market recently but I think that we're going to start to see a bit of a parting of the ways where weak stock markets and all that causes that are not going to cause the same kind of weakness in metals that they did somewhat earlier this year. Moving on to energy, we had an even bigger rebound in the oil price this week on top of last week's gain, so we're up over 11% the last two weeks, almost negating uh, the big drop three weeks ago. West Texas Intermediate crude closed just a bit under 80 bucks for a 7.3% gain. Natural gas had a crazy week. A lot of us were wondering why it has stayed dead in the water with all this cold, but I think a lot of traders are looking past you know, a day or two after Christmas when much of the uh, U.S. and even parts of Canada are going to turn right around and warm back up to go above normal. So we'll have to wait a little while later for natural gas perhaps to be a buy. Uh, the uranium price uh, added a little bit, about a half a percent. Uh, the close that I saw yesterday, Thursday afternoon, was $48.13 a pound. And again, as Mickey and I discussed uh, last week and we have on and off for a while, 
the somnambulant, uh, to use that fancy term, uranium price really has not told the whole story of what's going on in the industry where the news I think just keeps getting better uh, not fast enough for some people's tastes but at least we're going in the right direction moving on I said a bit ago that we had that big pop in a Japanese generally this week it was kind of a one-day wonder along with everything that went with it that sort of flattened out the surprise was that the Bank of Japan which previously and they, they've stated that they continue to have a zero percent target yield for the 10-year JGB Japanese government bond but that they would allow it to be a little fungible and go 25 basis points above that well now they doubled that to 50 basis points above that and it took about a few hours for it to close most of that ground and get up to near half a percent and there's still a lot of debate over this uh, do they want finally the yen to strengthen uh, have they finally, after so many years of keeping it down, are they stoking inflation too much in that country? Consumer prices headline in Japan are approaching 4% recently. That's the first time in 30 or 40 years. Uh, are they worried about their banking system in Japan, where bank stocks, if you go back to their high in 1989, when the overall Japanese stock market hit a high, bank stocks are selling for 10 cents on the dollar today compared to what they were back then. So for whatever reasons, Japan at least is going to get dragged along a little bit with these other uh, efforts such as they are to try and tamp down inflation. And uh, to me, at least, that argues that we're going to see yields continue to move higher into the new year. And as Mickey and I discussed last week, I think the market has been very offside uh, when they've they've priced in more of a pivot than this coming and too soon as well. So the currencies were, were kind of flattish when all was said and done. The dollar index 104.34 uh, was down uh, just three-tenths of a percent. This equal rise in the euro of three-tenths up to 1.062. And the loonie got a little bit more of a bump, I think, because commodity prices firmed up a bit more. It's still kind of on the back foot, but uh, maybe it's in a bottoming process. The loonie is up. 0.7358 to close the week uh, up a little bit less than one percent the big mover i think deservedly so was the 10-year treasury we had a pretty good rebound in the yield and of course drop in the value of treasuries the yield on the 10-year closed at 375 and that was up big 20 28 basis points over last week the stock market did less bad this week than it has the last couple of weeks. I think it's still trying to deal with the reality of uh, rates being higher for longer and a mixed bag of economic statistics. Some good this week. You can't deny that. Uh, Q3 GDP came out a bit better than expected. Q4 probably won't be as good, but it's still going to be positive. And frankly, and I think that the, some of that was starting to dawn on traders in recent days, it's that much more reason why the Fed is not going to relent, all else being equal. Uh, they, they, it's not going to bother them a bit to see the stock market come down more, to see real estate correct more and so forth, because Jerome Powell has been pretty plain, uh, you know, whether we agree with how he got us into this mess in the first place or not, that's all water under the bridge. You, you know, he's not making any secret of the fact, folks, that he wants demand to be hit 
the way you do that is people have less money in their pockets. The way you do that is you bring about a recession, number one. And number two, you reduce the wealth effect. Uh, so they are not done if they have their way with the bear market in stocks or what's only the beginning of a correction in real estate prices. So anyway, where stocks are concerned, the losses were more modest in the last couple of weeks. The Dow Jones average closed at 32,205 for a 1.5% drop. The S&P 500 actually eked out a modest gain. It was up four tenths to 38.45. The NASDAQ matched the decline in the Dow. Uh, it was down 1.5% as well to 10,498. Starting to tickle uh, in the case of the NASDAQ, it's lows that it's hit two or three times uh, in the last few months. That's going to be one of the things we'll want to watch in next week's likely very thin trading. A short week for much of the world, of course. Uh, many markets are closed on Monday. Some will close uh, Friday, I think, early, although they didn't for today, so maybe they won't. We'll see what happens. But either way, it's going to be a holiday week, a short week because of Boxing Day and thin trading. So who knows? We're going to have to perhaps write off whether things go up or down next week and, and take a better gauge of things early in the new year. Uh, the venture exchange was a goose egg, interestingly enough. It, it continues to flatline down at that low that Mickey talked about. The venture exchange closed the week at 571 flat with the week before. Um, with Mickey traveling and yours truly, uh, uh, with a lot of things going on in my life, uh, getting married Christmas Eve, uh, neither one of us had the time to come up with a poll for this weekend, so I apologize. Mickey may well, when he arrives at his destination, put something out there, but right this minute we don't have anything. So anyway, we will again wish you a very merry and blessed Christmas and a prosperous new year which we'll try and help you with of course along the way and uh, we'll be back with you for our final edition of metals money and markets weekly next week for the final edition for 2022 take care and thanks for tuning in folks metals money and markets weekly is syndicated exclusively by our friends at kitco.com to keep up with mickey folk Visit him online at mercenarygeologist.com and on Twitter under at mercenarygeo. Yours truly, Chris Temple, can be found at nationalinvestor.com and on Twitter, it's at natinvestor. Thanks for tuning in. We'll be back with you again next week.